Amen. Give the Lord a hand this morning. He's worthy of it. Listen, let me tell you something that's happening today that um, most of you will not know about this, but I'm going to tell you right now. Ethan is no longer a teenager. (laughs) As of today, he's no longer a teenager, so give him a hand. We're glad to see you made it this far. And I want to tell you as we get started in worship this morning, something that has really bothered me this week. Actually, it just got a hold of me yesterday, but I'm going to tell you about it anyway. I was just perusing the internet yesterday, and I saw something that really bothered me. I'm serious. This really bothered me. There's a church in Nashville, Tennessee that says the Bible isn't the Word of God. Can you imagine that? The Bible is not the Word of God. I went on and I read it, and this pastor claims... You're not going to believe this, that the Bible is just man's opinion of God. This is not, he does not know. This is the inspired, inerrant, infallible word of God. This is how God speaks to us. Can I have an amen on that? I want you to know that, yeah, it's okay to clap. I want you to know that when your staff gets together every week, this is where we start. This is where we start and this is where we finish and this is where we go all the way through. So I just want you to know that. And I want to tell you something. I listened to what he said on that article about people in his church. And I heard what people in his church were saying. I'm thinking, so many people so messed up. And so I want to make sure as a discipleship pastor at this church that we know what this is. That we know who wrote it. And so let me tell you something that's important that we have. You've heard us talk about this. But Joey teaches... Raise your hand, giant, so everybody can see you. Joey, he, he, I call him the giant. Ho, ho, ho. And so he's, he teaches the PS 101 class. Why do we do that? Because we want everybody that comes in here to know what this is and what we're all about. And if we do that, if we do that, there won't be any mistake about it. And people will be set on the right path to the Almighty God. So, Today, after church, if you're a guest with us for the first time, or the second time, or the third time, if you're a guest with us, and this is, if you, if you have not been through PS 101, they're going to be out there, and they're going to be out there, every, somebody's going to be out in that uh, welcome desk every Sunday following our service. I want you to sign up to go through PS 101. Church members, I want you to know I learn things by looking through the PS 101 material. So before you go to any class, any class, any class, or if you're in a class and you haven't gone to PS 101, I want you to see Joey after the service today. You need this first. Amen? Amen. Let's sing together. We praise you.
what living looks like. This is what freedom feels like. This is what heaven sounds like. We praise you. We praise you. This is what living looks like. This is what freedom feels like. This is what heaven sounds like. We praise you. We praise you. This is what living looks like. This is what freedom feels like. This is what heaven sounds like. We praise you. We praise you. This is what living looks like. This is what freedom feels like. This is what heaven sounds like. We praise you. We praise. We'll see you break down every wall. We'll watch the giants fall. Fear cannot survive when we praise you. The God of breakthroughs on our side. Forever lift him high. Mercy is more. 
Genesis, and as we read it today, I want you to listen to chapter 6, beginning with verse 1. And when, you, when human beings increased in number on the earth, and the daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw that the daughters of humans were beautiful, and they married any of them they chose. Then the Lord said, My spirit will not contend with humans forever, for they are mortal. Their days will be a hundred and twenty years. And the Nephilims were on the earth in those days. And also afterward, when the sons of God went to the daughters of humans and had children by them, they were the heroes of old, men of renown. The Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth, and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. And the Lord regretted that He had made human beings on the earth, and His heart was deeply troubled. So the Lord said, I will wipe from the face of the earth the human race I have created, and with them the animals and the birds and the creatures that move along the ground. For I regret that I have made them. But, but, but Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Father, may you bless your word today as we study it and as we read it together. May we be filled with your Holy Spirit. And Lord, may we hear these words that were written so long ago that tell us of the great truths of our God, our Lord, our Savior, our Creator, the one who put it all together. And so, Lord, speak to our hearts today as we understand this passage of Scripture. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, we make this prayer. Amen. You know, as you came together with your Bible study team today, whether you were online or you were here in church, one of the things that you had a great opportunity to do do is read through the story of Noah. And that's a wonderful story. Some of you spent some time talking about that wonderful experience that Noah had of putting that ark together and bringing the, uh, the animals together and Ham, Shem, and Japheth, his sons, and their daughter and their wives, his daughter-in-laws, all came together and they mounted that ark and they were able to withstand this flooding that took place on the earth. There's a lot of people who want to debate that. But there's also a lot of scientific proof that's out there in this world that supports this story about this great flood. And so this story of Noah is a fascinating one. It's really fascinating when you start reading about how he gathered all of those animals together and also how Noah was very criticized by his neighbors and his friends. They thought he was insane for building that ark. But Noah had favor in the eyes of God. I want to talk to you in those passages of Scripture that I read to you today, those eight verses that I shared with you. I could get in and we could talk about the ark and we could talk about the animals and we could talk about the flood and we could talk about all of those things, but you cannot understand that story until you understand those first eight verses there in that chapter that I just read to you. And when you look at that passage of Scripture and you see in Genesis 6, that story, one of the things that I want you to grab onto is this, that in that passage of Scripture, what this story is telling us is there are influences in all of our lives today just as there was in the time of Noah. And as I read through this passage of Scripture and as I began to study it and I began to kind of break it apart, I saw, you know, there are basically four things that I believe God's telling us about the influences of this world that we live in, just like it was in Noah's day. 
And one of the first things that comes to my mind as I read this passage of Scripture, that when I look in chapter 6 and I look at verse 1, it says this, that when human beings began to increase in number on the earth and the daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw that the daughters of humans were beautiful. And they came to earth and they, they had relationships with them and they had children with them. Now, when you look at this passage of Scripture, one of the things that we're being told about here is is what I believe is the sons of God that is being referred to here are really talking about a spiritual influence that was taking place in the world. The angels, you all know the story. You know how Satan, on one occasion, wanted to overthrow the kingdom of God and how Satan was cast out and angels fell with him. And angels have been walking this earth since that time. Spiritual influence has been in this world. And when we look at this particular story of Noah, we see that these sons of God, the spiritual influence that was in the world at that time, folks, it hasn't left us. They're still here. A lot of people don't believe in demonic forces. They don't believe in spiritual forces. But I'm going to tell you as your pastor, I've experienced those things in my life, and they are real. They are here. They roam around the earth and they seek those that they can take over, just like those angels did in taking over those daughters that were born into the family of Adam. And so the sexual relationship that those angels wanted to have with those women, they they were trying to come into the world and overtake the world. And the Bible tells us right there in chapter 6 that the sons of God, the spiritual influence that was in the world, it was nothing new and it was not going to disappear. We see that in Genesis chapter 6 verses 1 through 2. But even when you go over in the Bible and you look at the book of Job, if you flip over to Job chapter 1 and you look at verse 6, You know the story of Job. Job was a good man. He was a man who followed God. He was a man who was obedient to God. But but Satan came to God and he said, you know, the only reason uh, that Job really loves you and really appreciates you is all the wealth and all the prosperity you've given to him. Why don't you let me have him for a little bit? And I believe I can change his mind. And for whatever reason God chose to do that, He allowed Satan. But there was a restriction that God placed on Satan in the book of Job. But in the book of Job, we see that the sons of God, when you look at several translations, it refers to them as angels. In other translations, it says that now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. So in the book of Job, we see that this idea of spiritual influences, now they were going to invade the life of Job. And one of the things that those spiritual influences, what Satan wanted to do, he said, Lord, I can take him down. If you'll just give him to me for a while, I I will prove that he does not love you as much as you think he loves you. And so this idea of spiritual influence, the sons of God, here in the book of of Genesis, we see that the sons of God came to earth and they roamed around the earth. They're trying to take over things. Over in the book of Job, Satan comes along with other fallen angels and, and he's saying to God, if you'll just give Job to me, I promise you that I can destroy his life. He won't follow you any longer. And then even as we look in God's Word and we come over to the book of Daniel, chapter 3. And when you read the story of Daniel... And you come across the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Y'all remember this story? How the king Nebuchadnezzar had built himself an idol, and he called everyone together. And when the trumpets sound, when the music sounds, then everyone is supposed to bow down before this idol of King Nebuchadnezzar. Well, the day comes. Everybody's brought together. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are in that massive crowd of people. Get this imagery in your mind. Here's this idol that has been erected. Nebuchadnezzar is on his throne. All his leaders are standing around him. And all the people of the kingdom are standing out there. And when the trumpet sounds, when the music begins to play, the orders are that everyone is to bow down before Nebuchadnezzar. But it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. And the Bible says it doesn't happen because Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the only three in the crowd, refused to bow down. And so when we 
Read this story. The Bible says that Nebuchadnezzar became so angry, he became so mad, that he had those men brought to his throne, and he said to him, he said, listen, I'm going to give you one more chance. Now, when you hear this music play, you're going to bow down. And then those three Hebrew boys said to King Nebuchadnezzar, O King Nebuchadnezzar, let it be known unto you that we will never bow down before your God, before we, for we serve only one God. We serve only one influence in our life. And Nebuchadnezzar became so mad and so angry with them that he had his soldiers come and wrap them up, and, and he said to them, crank the fire up, make it hotter than it is. And so the fire is cranked up. And the Bible tells us that those three Hebrew boys were, were uh, arrested, they were taken, and as the soldiers that were taking them over there to be thrown into that fire, the fire was so hot that it slayed the soldiers that was taking them in, and they were thrown into the fire. And then immediately, Nebuchadnezzar gets on his throne and he looks, and he said, did we not throw three men into that fire? And they said, oh yeah, king, it was only three. And Nebuchadnezzar said, lo, I see four men walking in that fire, and one of them looks like the Son of God. A Son of God. There's that phrase again about the Son of God. Now, some people think that may be Jesus that was in that fire. Others believe it may be an angel of God that was standing in that fire with them. But it's referred to as a Son of God. And one of the things that we know when we read God's Word is that the Son of God, the influences of spiritual power in this world can be bad and it can also be good. You can either follow the wickedness of this world, the influences and the power that is in this world, the spiritual influence of this world that want to take you in the wrong direction. And by the way, let me just tell you, they do want to take you in the wrong direction. The bad ones do. But the good ones want to take you in the right direction. The angels of God, that Son of God that stood in that fire with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, no matter what you're going through today, No matter what is challenging you today, you've got an option in your life. You can be spiritually led. This has a lot to do with Noah, and we're going to get to that. But the spiritual forces of our day were alive in the day of Noah, and it was all around him. There were good forces, and there were evil forces, spiritual forces. I want to ask you a question, and I want you to think about this with me for just a moment. Have you made some bad decisions in your life? And I don't, I don't, this is not a time for you to confess out loud. But have you made some bad decisions in your life? Then my next question is, what kind of influence came in your life to make you make that bad decision? Folks, I'm going to tell you something. If you do not believe that we're dealing with spiritual forces in this world that speak to our minds and work on our hearts then you do not believe the Word of God. You don't understand the Word of God. Because even in the days of Jonah, and even in the days of Noah, and even in the days of Daniel, and even in the days of all the prophets, we see that the power and the strength of evil forces, spiritual forces in the world were real, and they are very real today. And I'll tell you one thing, I can't, I can't deal with them on my own. I, I can't deal with that. I've even shared a passage of Scripture with you recently that comes from the book of Jude and where there's an argument going on between Michael the archangel and Satan. And, and Michael the archangel doesn't even go after Satan on his own. You look up the book of Jude and you read that story. It's just one chapter. But when you read it, it will say that Michael the archangel didn't deal with Satan on his own, but he called on the power of God. I I will tell you something. Regardless of what you're dealing with today, regardless of the struggle that you're having in your life today, you cannot deal with it by yourself. But there are spiritual forces that are very much alive and spiritual influences that are strong in this world today, just as they were in the day, in the early days of, of those who God put into place to lead us all. And then there's something else in this passage of Scripture that, that you need to understand. The, the Nephilims. Nephilims. Now that's an interesting word right there. And there's a, there's a lot of people that are trying to understand now, was that the angels? Is that what the angels were called? Well, some people believe that, but 
there's also uh, an influence. We have a spiritual influence in our world. But I want you to think about something else. One of the things we know about that particular name, and let me read the scripture to you. The Nephilims were on the earth in those days. And then it says this, And also afterward, when the sons of God went to the daughters of humans and had children with them. So it talks about the Nephilims, and then it's talking about this spiritual influence again. And then the last part it says, They were the heroes of old men of renown. Now, a lot of scholars believe that it's not talking about the angels here, but it's talking about a culture that was alive in the world, a culture of influence, and they were referred to as the Nephilims. And the Nephilims, for whatever reason, the Bible says to us, they were heroes of old and men of renown. Now, let's talk about that for just a minute. Now, I just mentioned to you that there's spiritual influence in this world. Don't ever doubt that. But there's also cultural influence in this world that you need to think about. Hey, we're dealing with it right now. We've got people who are trying to really invade the Internet and control it and change our culture in such a way that we think that's all the truth there is when you go on the Internet. And I can tell you something. It's a pack of lies a lot of times. And the culture that we're living in right now is trying to make a a tidal shift. It's trying to turn us around. You just heard Scott mention to you about how a church decided that the Word of God really is just a book. You see, that is our culture at work. That's not God at work. That's not the positive angels at work. That's the demonic forces of this world at work. And that is, that is those that are trying to take us away from God at work. So one of the biggest challenges that we have when we look at this passage of Scripture and we see about the Nephilims, we see that they were heroes. There were people that folks just thought a lot of these individuals. They were heroes of old and they were men of renown. They were people that carried a bunch of cloud around with them. I want to ask you something. I want you to think about this with me. Who are you listening to today? Who are you hearing today? Who who is it that is influencing you in this culture that we're in right now? Where do you spend most of your time? You know, I, I tell you what blows my mind is how many Christians spend more time on the Internet. And listen, it's a challenge for all of us. All of us. It is, it is a sin. It is something we've got to deal with. We are drawn. We are pulled into that thing. We're pulled away from other things other than the Word of God. And one of the disciplines that, that I'm working on as your pastor and one of the challenges that I have is I'm being... I'm being challenged to be sure that I'm spending as much time in God's Word as I am the influence of this culture that we're in. Are y'all, are y'all with me on this? Do y'all see where I'm going with this? Because this culture, really, just like with Noah, they have their own opinions, they have their own ideas, and they really want to mess us up. They want us to believe, just like this church that Scott told you about, somewhere along the way, somebody said, well, you know, the Bible's a good book, it's a good thing, but it's really just a book. Now, that's influence right there. That's cultural influence. So not only do we have to deal with the spiritual influences in our world, we have to deal with the cultural influences in our world. And there are many, a many, that want to pull us away from God. They don't want us to believe this stuff. They don't want us to go to church. Well, if we do go to church, it's just a little social club for us. But they really don't want us to get into God's Word. You know, I had someone mention to me recently you know, about how important God's Word is to them and how much they appreciate how we're spending, how much time we're spending in God's Word here at our church just recently. And I've got to tell you as your pastor, that really makes me feel good. Because I will tell you this, that when we are in God's Word and we understand what God's Word has to say, it will mean more to us than the culture that we live in. Christians, I want to tell you something. We've got challenges on our hands in the days ahead. I, I don't know what in the world is going to happen in these United States that we live in. But I've got to tell you, I've never seen such demonic force at work in my entire life. 
I've never seen such people wanting to pull people away from God and not focus on... And that's what this country was founded upon. This country was founded upon believers. You remember the pilgrims? You know why the pilgrims came here? They came here, first of all, to find a place where they could worship and they could believe in God. And when they put their feet on this planet and they began to settle in, they had some great challenges before them. But one of the things we know about the pilgrims that came to this continent and and, and established their lives here is that they believed in the Word of God and they left a culture that was suppressing that to find a culture in which they could become closer to God. That's a challenge we've all got right now. We've got to figure out. Let me tell you one thing. You know, y'all hear me throw this out there a lot, but social media right now, I've I got to tell you, if you haven't figured them out yet, I'm just going to tell you as your pastor that social media today is trying to pull us so far away from God that we just completely ignore Him. And one of the worst things for us to be doing today is spending too much time listening to those who do not believe in God, do not trust God, and, and it just is out there everywhere. And you know, one of the things that me and my friends and my colleagues are trying to figure out, okay, all right, how do we deal with this? Well, there's a stop button in a lot of places. And folks, we have challenges before us because the culture that we're in is no different than what Noah had to deal with. And I'll get to Noah in just a second. But one of the things you need to understand that Noah was dealing with is he was dealing with spiritual influences around him. He was dealing with cultural influences around him. But there's one other thing that Noah was dealing with, and he was dealing with people around him. People influence. If you look at verses 5 through 7, I want to pull out a few things from those verses. I want you to concentrate on and I want you to think about with me today. The human race, this race of which we're a part, we have people influence all around us. We got some good friends. Shelly and I have some good friends. Shelly has friends that I don't have. I have friends that she doesn't have. We have mutual friends. And so people are great. They're great people. But I'm going to tell you one thing that Shelly and I have also had to do in our life. We've also had to recognize that there's some people in our life that are not a good influence and walk away from them. That's not always an easy thing to do. Now, I'm not saying that, that we become mean or anything like that. But, but here's Noah that we're going to get to in just a second. And one of the things that Noah was dealing with is he had all kinds of people around him. And the influences that we saw in Noah's day, l- listen to these verses beginning in verse 5 through 7. And it says this, the Lord, the Lord saw great wickedness in the human race. The Lord was looking at the human race and the Lord saw great wickedness in the human race. So this is the world that Noah was living in. A lot of people today, they want to get on this bandwagon of where we accept people for just who they are. Y'all, I'm going to tell you something. Just go back to the first thing that I talked to you about, about spiritual influence. That's where spiritual influence starts creeping into our lives and starts shutting us down to really see what is going on in this world today. Folks, it is not a hard thing to see sin for what sin is. It's really not. But it is when our minds become fogged and our eyes become blurry. But when we hear the story of Noah, one of the things that was going on in Noah's day, the Bible says that the Lord saw great wickedness in the human race. And then also it says this, listen to this, every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. Did y'all hear that? Every inclination of the thoughts of the human race was only evil all the time. And then the Bible says the Lord regretted that He had made human beings on the earth. Did y'all hear that? The Lord regretted regretted that He had made us. You see, this is what sin does to us. It messes up our relationship with God. 
It pulls us away from God. It alienates us from God. It destroys any kind of closeness that we could ever have with God. And this is nothing new. Satan has been trying to do this for millennials. He has been trying to come into God's created design, which every single one of us in this place are uniquely and wonderfully made by God. And Satan's overall objective is to come into our lives and to destroy us and to pull us as far away from God as he possibly can. And here's the sad thing about it, is that there are humans in our life, and and hopefully none of us are any of those, that are pulling others away from God. That is what's so sad about this story. So when you look at this and you see this for what it is, the Bible tells us that there is spiritual influence in this world. It can take us to God. It can pull us away from God. There's cultural influence in this world. It can pull us away from God or it can take us toward God. And there are people in our life that can pull us away from God or take us to Him. The Bible says this. God said this. I will wipe them from the face of the earth, the human race. I've created. I regret that I have made them. This is what God says. So spiritual, cultural, human sin is created by our human behavior. Whether you like that or not, or whether I like it or not, this is what separates us from God. This is what pulls us away from God. But the Bible says this. This is not where it ends. When you flip back over and you look at that passage of Scripture that we read, and you get down to verse 8, and this is how we're ending up today. I don't want you... I, you do not leave here depressed and discouraged by the things I've just told you. But listen to this. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. So much favor, God let him build an ark. God let him collect the animals. And when the floods came down and the tides came up, Noah and seven other people were saved because of his belief in God. Here's what I want to leave you with today. Spiritual influence in our world is real. Cultural influence in our world is real. People influence in our world is real. But God's influence and God's favor upon us in this world is more powerful than any of those three forces that I have just mentioned to you. And when you read this passage of Scripture and you see what it is that happened with Noah, where Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. It was because that Noah was an individual that even in all of the chaotic messes that were going on in the world, whatever it was that was in Noah's heart, whatever it was in his mind, it drew him close to the Lord. Hey, I want to ask you something about this week. I want you to think about this. How close have you been with God this week? i got to tell you, there have been a few times this week I hadn't been so close. But it was like a reminder I needed to get close. How many times this week have you talked to the Lord? I'm not talking about some memorized passage of Scripture or, or prayer that, you know, now I'll lay me down to sleep or pray the Lord my soul. Those are great. But how many times have you really talked to the Lord? Because I'm going to tell you something about Noah. Noah talked to God. And God talked to Noah. And when Noah heard God, Noah believed God, and Noah followed God, and when God said to Noah, all right, Noah, I want you to build a big boat, Noah didn't say, Lord, you're out of your mind. Noah started, you know what Noah did? He went out in the woods and started chopping the trees down, y'all, and bringing it together. And when Noah heard God say, Noah, I want you to get the animals together, Noah didn't say, Lord, how in the world am I supposed to do that? I I mean, I don't even know. I've never even seen some of these animals you're talking about. But then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, God starts bringing it all together. And Noah starts lining them up. I love it. And they start walking onto the boat. And all his neighbors are saying, the influencers of his culture are saying, That old man has lost his mind. He's nuts. And then the rain came down. 
And the rain came down, and the flood came up. And then all of a sudden, people were saying, well, maybe he wasn't so nutty after all. And can you imagine how many bangings were going on that door when Noah got those animals in there and the rain's coming down and the flood's coming up and he closes the door? Can you imagine how many hundreds, maybe thousands of hands that were banging on that door pleading for Noah to just let them in because they knew what foolish individuals they had been in not believing in this God that Noah had this personal relationship with. The Bible tells us that Noah's influence over the world was because he had favor with God. And when you look at that passage of Scripture, but God found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Now think about that for a moment. Shelly Shelly sent me a text message yesterday. I'll tell you what. This this little Marin... Uh, this new granddaughter of ours. Oh, good gracious. She's the cutest kid on the planet, y'all. Uh, y'all can argue with me if you want to, but I'm just telling you. She's the cutest one on the planet. And Shelly sent me a picture. Uh, I believe it was just last night. A, a picture that uh, Elizabeth, our daughter, had taken. And the eyes on that child. The eyes on that baby. Oh, my goodness. Man, oh man, they melt me like a, like a snowball on a hot day. I mean, it just... Phew. But I was just looking at those great big eyes and, and how full of beauty they were. And then when I read this passage of Scripture and I see that Noah found favor, not just with God, but Noah found favor in the eyes of God. Can you imagine what Noah was seeing when he looked into the eyes of God and Noah found favor in the, in the eyes of the Lord? What would it feel like if we all could look at the Lord and we could see His face and when we look at His face, we, we see favor in God's eyes because of what He's looking at. Not disappointment, not discouragement, not because we're trying to live our life our own way. We're just simply trying to follow Him and be obedient to Him. Could it, could it not be one of the most phenomenal things you've ever experienced if you could look into the eyes of the Lord and see favor looking back at you? And there are ways to do that. You know, I, I want to share this with you, a few other passages, and I want you to hear these. These, these are some ways that how we can find favor with God. How we can find it. Now, it won't be on the screen, but, but if you want to follow these, this first one in Genesis 4.4, 4, I want to remind you about this passage of Scripture. And Abel also, y'all remember this story about Cain and Abel we, we talked about. But Abel also brought an offering. You remember I talked to you about that. Of a fat portion from some of the firstborn of his flock. Now, y'all remember that story but, but also, did, did you remember this phrase that came after that? The Lord looked with favor at Abel and his offering. But on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Abel found favor in the eyes of the Lord. So one of the things that we can know when we look at this passage of Scripture and we think about the story that I've just shared with you about Noah and God's influence in his life is that when God influences your life, one of the things that you will receive is you will receive favor from God. God will be pleased with you when you follow Him, when you're obedient to Him. You recognize God for who He is. And when you recognize God for who He is, I want you to hold on to that word, recognize when you recognize God for who He is, like Abel did and Noah did, God's eyes are going to smile on you. There's another passage of Scripture I found over in Psalms chapter 5, verse 12. So Psalms 5, 12, it says this, Surely, Lord, You bless the righteous. You surround them with Your favor as with the shield. In other words, King David is saying this, that he knows this about the Lord, that Lord, you bless us when we are following you. Now, being righteous does not mean that we're doing everything right. Being righteous means that we are covered by the blood of Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. That's what makes us right. 
And even in the Old Testament, when they were trying to follow God, they knew they were right when they followed God as strongly as they could. And King David surely said, Lord, you make me right with God. I can be right with God. I can recognize what you're trying to do in my life. And then there's another passage of Scripture from Proverbs chapter 3, verses 1-4. through 4, And it goes like this. My son, do not forget my teachings, but keep my commands in your heart. Noah had heard from God. Noah listened to God. And God was pleased with Noah, and his eyes shined on Noah. And just like in the writer of Proverbs where it says, Do not forget my teachings, but keep my commands in your heart. Noah was keeping God's commands in his his heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the uh, tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. You know one of the things I want more than anything? I really do. Is I hope that the day that I stand in front of my God, that His eyes will smile on me. i, I got to tell you, that's powerful. To have God to smile on me. And i got news for you. It's not going to be because of anything I've done. It's because of who I belong to. And that's why when I get in this pulpit on Sundays and I try to get you to think about where you are spiritually, I want you to, I really want you to grab onto this. You're not going to make it into heaven on your own. You're not going to be good on your own because the powerful forces of this world, these spiritual influences that are in this world are powerful. But when we're obedient to God and we listen to God, God does amazing things. How do I know that? In the Gospel of Luke, I want to share one other passage with you. In the Gospel of Luke, the Bible tells us this story. You can find this in chapter 1, beginning in verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel. <laughs> All right, pay attention to that. God sent the good angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. Now listen to this. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and she wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, you have found favor with God. Are y'all with me on this? You remember how Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord? Mary has found favor in the eyes of God. You will conceive and you will give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign forever. Jacob's descendants forever, and his kingdom will never end. So when you read this passage of Scripture, and you see what God's Word is teaching us, one of the things that Noah tells us in his encounter is that Noah found favor in the eyes of God. How is it that we find favor in God's eyes? Well, First of all, our spiritual life has got to be in tune. And that, even when it goes to the story about Mary and you see the angel Gabriel coming to her, her heart was right. Her heart was ready. God just didn't pick her out of the cloud. God knew that this young lady's heart was right to be able to bring the Son of God into this world. And so the spiritual influence that came into her life, that when that angel, that angel, that powerful angel, not one that had fallen from God, but the one that stood at the throne of God. But when that angel came into her life and he spoke to her, the right thing began to happen in her life. And just like with Noah, when Noah heard God's voice, 
God, he understood God's voice. The Bible told, tells us that the spiritual influence in Noah's life was strong. My question for all of us here today is a simple one. And I really want you to think about this with me for just a minute. What is influencing your life? What kind of spirit is influencing your life? I'm telling you, if you're looking at the wrong stuff on the Internet, you're reading the wrong books, you're watching the wrong movies, the wrong influence is, in you, is coming into your life. But are you studying God's Word? Are you reading God's Word? Are you trying to talk to the Lord? Are you praying to Him each day? Well, that's when the powerful influence can start coming into your life. And Noah, there's no doubt in my mind that Noah was a man who prayed every day of his life. Because he didn't know what to do with that crazy world around him. That sinful world that he was a part of. But Noah found favor in the eyes of God. And when we talk about what we want to do and how we want to live, do you really, do you really want to find favor in the eyes of God? Do you really want God to smile at you? And do you really want God to be pleased with you? I I really do. But I also know that there are challenges that we have, and, and I want to leave you with one other challenge that I want you to think about because it is up to you today whether you will follow God or you will not follow God, whether you will be obedient to God or whether you will not be obedient to God, whether you will be influenced by the good spiritual things in this world or the bad spiritual things in this world, by the good culture that God can bring into our life. And by the way, I'm going to tell you one thing. Coming to church is an awesomely good culture to be around, y'all. Have y'all figured that one out? Coming to church. It's a good thing to hang around Christians. Or or are you going to be someone that's going to hang around with the wrong people and and you're going to let them pull you in the wrong direction? Let me just tell you, there's a lot of people out there that will pull you in the wrong direction and there's a lot of people, there's some people out there that can pull you in the good direction. So the influences that we have in our life, spiritual, cultural, people around us, are we going to be like Noah? We're going to draw close to God and we're going to say, Lord, teach me. Let me hear your voice. Second Peter Peter had this to say about the challenges that we have. And the invitation that I'm giving you today is a strong one. You do not need to leave this place today before you decide that you are going to allow Jesus Christ to be the Lord of your life and the influence of you spiritually, culturally, and with the people you hang around with. Peter said these words. This is in Peter, Second Peter. Chapter 2, verse 1. But false prophets also arise among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Master who brought them, bringing up themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their sensuality. And because of them, the way of the truth will be blasphemed. And in their greed, they will exploit you. They will give you false words. Their condemnation from long ago is not idle. And their destruction is not asleep. For if God did not spare the angels when they sinned, but but cast them into hell and committed them to chains of gloomy darkness to be kept until the judgment, if he, if he did not spare the ancient word, but persevered Noah, a herald of righteousness, with seven others, when he brought a flood upon the world of the ungodly, if by turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah to ashes, he condemned them to extinction, extinction making them an example of what is going to happen to the ungodly, And if he rescued righteous Lot, greatly distressed by the sensual conduct of the wicked, and for all that righteous man lived among them day after day, he was tormenting his righteous soul over their lawless deeds that he saw and heard. And listen to this. The Lord knows how to rescue the godly from their trials. Do you hear that? The Lord knows how to walk with us in the most challenging times that we have.
I give my God thanks that I do not walk alone. I give my God thanks. Just like Noah, when the world around us around us seems to be turbulent and in trouble, our God is a mighty God. Our God is a powerful God. And we have a choice. We can follow Him and we can be obedient to Him and we can call on His power and His strength to help us from day to day or we can try to count on this world and this culture, culture and these people around us and we can forget all that Noah knew about. But one of the things that I hope that all of us will be able to do is to look right into the eyes of God and to see what God can give us to deal with all that we deal with in our life. Oh, my goodness. Our God's strong. Our God's powerful. And our God wants to walk with us just like He did with Noah. Let's pray. Father, thank You so much for all You're doing in our lives. And Lord, as we've heard this story today, I pray that each and every one of us, Lord, We'll give ourselves over completely to you. So bless us in these next few moments, I pray. In the name of Jesus, amen.